Thank you for taking time out of your schedules to come today. It's an important thing to do. It's an important time to meet. Last night at our midweek Bible study that is called Line on Line, our study in 1 Samuel, uh, I interviewed the man who's immediately to my left, Kevin Crawford. Kevin was at Ground Zero the week after the attack in New York City. He's uh, been with the fire department in San Diego, California for the last 20 years. He's a battalion chief in Carlsbad, California, an assistant pastor at Calvary Chapel in Vista, married with two daughters, and uh, just a great brother in the Lord. I asked him to come out, and he's going to share with us this morning. Kevin? Either I'm really short, <laughs> or, well, what a blessing it is to be here. What a great fellowship this is. I've been uh, so blessed and honored to be here uh, in your presence. Um, and today, this is really a celebration for us, um, because we as Christians, we are to pray without ceasing. So to recognize one day out of the year as a time to devote to prayer really is not what we're all about because we enjoy intimacy with the living God on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. So what this really is to us is a celebration. It's an opportunity for us to celebrate the foundation of this country and for those that may not be Christians to come together and, and recognize the foundational principles in which this country was established. I'm often asked what my biggest takeaway was from New York. And the list is long. The faces, the sights, the smells, you know, they'll never leave. But probably the biggest takeaway that I have from New York is that our liberty to worship Jesus Christ was assaulted in a radical way on 9-11. The freedom that, that my generation and generations behind me have taken for granted, and I must admit I'm guilty of that. But those generations that have gone before me have sacrificed greatly for the liberty that we enjoy in this country. That liberty didn't come without a great cost. There was much sacrifice and pain to ensure the liberty and freedom that we have here. And that freedom is to serve Jesus Christ accurately and in the spirit of a living God. And so my big takeaway is that our liberty in this country to do that, our liberty to carry out what the founding fathers saw as the, their mission and the purpose for this country, the God-ordained purpose for this country, was challenged. And so I stand behind my president, vigilant to defend the freedom to serve my Lord with freedom and truth. Pastor Chuck... I think Pastor Chuck said it best at a prayer breakfast that I attended for a bunch of firefighters right after we got back. And he says, I love peace. In fact, I love peace so much, I'm willing to fight for it. 
And so we gather today here to call upon our Lord to bless our nation, to pour his mercy and his grace and his love out on this nation. It's what this nation was founded on. And so we unite our hearts now on behalf of our nation and those in positions of leadership that we're called to pray for and to lift up their hands. So if you would bow your heads with me, let's do that. Father, we must first ask for forgiveness for taking the freedom that we enjoy so readily, but we enjoy it without much thought. We've taken it for granted. We move around. We go about our business. We even go about our relationship with you in a cavalier manner, one without much thought to the sacrifice, first and foremost, of your Son on the cross to give us the freedom the freedom of salvation, the freedom to know the true and the living God. But one step out from that is the the casualness with which we take the freedom that we enjoy in this country. Generations before us suffered much to secure for themselves, but also for the next generations, a land which they could come and serve their Lord. Father, we recognize those men and women that have gone before us and the sacrifice that they have made. By your Spirit, we pray that you would pour out yourself and the believers of this nation. By your Spirit, we pray that you would reach those that don't know you. For this is truly one nation under God. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, that we've experienced this past year. The one thing that's always certain is God. Uh, he's our refuge, our hope, our foundation. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that's what this song's about. We just invite you. It's straight from the psalm, Psalm 46. I invite you to worship with us. If not, just allow God to minister to you through the truth of his word.
It was September 14th, it was a Friday, that we had our last National Day of Prayer. National Day of Prayer takes place on the first Thursday of the month of May, but it was President Bush who called a special time of prayer after the attacks on September 11th. Our freedom, as already has been said, was attacked that day. In the harbor of New York, there is a statue everybody knows about. It is one of the icons of our country. It's the Statue of Liberty. Inscribed on the base of the Statue of Liberty is an inscription written by, the words at least, written by Emma Lazarus from her sonnet, The New Colossus. They have become famous words, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Yearning to breathe free. That's what this country has been founded on, freedom. But what do we mean by freedom? We have a hunch what our forefathers meant by freedom. Freedom from oppression, freedom of tyranny, freedom from so many conditions that are in so many different countries. And hundreds of thousands of immigrants have been gladdened to see from a distance, at least in the old days, when they would come toward Ellis Island and then they would see that huge Statue of Liberty welcoming them into this country. And they thought freedom, a chance to be free. But it was Jesus who defined freedom a bit differently when he said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It was a different kind of freedom than just the freedom to do your own thing, the freedom to be where you want to be, do what you want to do. It was a spiritual freedom, freedom from the tyranny, the bondage of sin. We know that. That is an incredible freedom we enjoy. In fact, our freedom is always tied to God, and I believe our founding fathers knew that. The second paragraph in the Declaration of Independence, you know the words, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men were evolved equal. I never read that part. The, the version I have says all men were created equal and they were endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Therefore, freedom was always tied to a relationship that we enjoyed with our creator. And it was Jesus who on the cross gave what I would call his own declaration of independence. The first words, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And then the final words, it is finished, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So that freedom is tied to our enjoying God's forgiveness, the freedom from our sins. The cross. I read a story, a very interesting story, a true story about a a correctional facility guard named John Bolton. John Bolton was escorting a prisoner from his cell, his holding cell, to where he would be interrogated and eventually indicted for attempted armed robbery. As, as they were walking from one place to the other, the guard noticed on the prisoner's neck a cross on a chain. And the guard knew that this prisoner wasn't particularly spiritual, religious, so he said, what's this cross you have? And he examined it very carefully. And the prisoner said, oh, it's just a good luck charm. 
It was indeed. In fact, there was a little piece protruding from the top of the cross. It was a key to unlock handcuffs. In fact, they discovered it could lock almost any set of handcuffs. A good luck charm indeed. It was that cross that had the power to free a prisoner. And it's the cross of Jesus Christ that has the power to set us free. That makes us citizens of heaven. We know where we're going. But unfortunately, many times we separate to the wrong degree our citizenship in heaven with our citizenship on earth. Yes, we're citizens in heaven. Yes, we're going to heaven. That's great. And we rejoice. It's the greatest thing there is. But we're also citizens of this earth, of this planet, of this country. And there are certain responsibilities we have. And one of them is to pray. I'm going to read a couple of passages of scripture to you. One comes out of 1 Timothy chapter 2 where Paul says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Pray for all men, for all those who are in authority, that our lives may be free and peaceable. But it begins with prayer. Then there is a passage that I read to you out of Jeremiah chapter 29. Children of Israel have been taken captive. They're in Babylon. God gives them instructions of what they're to do in a foreign land with captors who are in charge of their lives now. This is what he tells them. Build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, and eat their fruit. Take wives, beget sons and daughters. Give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. There they were in a foreign country, and God said, Now that you're in Babylon and not in Jerusalem, get involved. Get involved in the city, get involved in the community, have kids, and pray for the peace of that city, of that country. So you might be thinking, Well, this world is not my home. Yes, I'm an American, but I'm on my way to heaven. Well, good for you. So are we all. But you're still American citizens, and you have a responsibility to be involved, to be supportive, and to pray for the leaders and to pray for this nation where you, by God's great grace, have been placed as a citizen. You know, in the uh, 19th century, a Frenchman was commissioned to come to the United States of America. His name was Alexis de Tocqueville. He wrote what he saw. The French government was interested in what they called this experiment in democracy. That was us. It was believed for a long time that liberty would lead to anarchy. People would do just whatever they want if you gave them freedom. And so he came to observe this experiment in democracy and listen to some of the words he wrote. America is the place where the Christian religion has kept the greatest power over men's souls. And nothing better demonstrates how useful 
and natural it is to man, since the country where it now has the widest sway is both the most enlightened and the freest. What a powerful, powerful statement. He tied freedom to Christianity. Have we lost our freedom? We've become very patriotic since 9-11. There's flags everywhere. I'm grateful for that. But I also remember back to that prayer meeting we had on that September the 14th. I'm grateful for the people who have come today. I know you made a sacrifice, but as I recall, there was a packed house that day, in the middle of the day, after the catastrophe. Oh, how quickly we forget. How quickly we forget. Now, I don't want to preach to the empty chairs today. But to tell us, because I think we all know here, else we wouldn't be here. We need God all the time. Every day. It's just that we were reminded of our vulnerability. And we may be again. So let's keep the foundation strong all the time so that whatever happens in this place that we call the world, we're tied firmly into the freedom that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. As we continue this afternoon, we're going to play for you a prayer recorded by my friend in Israel, David Asiel, praying for peace in his world in our world, in Hebrew. And the translation will be up on the screen as we play it for you. בשביל ריב ומחלוקת, ולא בשביל שנאה וקנאה, וקנטור ושפיכות דמים. רק באנו לעולם כדי להכיר אותך, תתברך לנצח. ובכן, תרחם עלינו, ויקים בנו מקריאה שכתוב, ונתתי שלום בארץ, ושכבתם באין מחריד. וישבתי חיה רעה מן הארץ, וחרב לא תעבור בארצכם. ויגל כמים משפט וצדקה כנחל איתן, כי מילאה הארץ דעה את אדוני כמים למים מכסים. And you can say it in Hebrew or English, it's the same word, Amen. Now, we have an entourage of guests up here, and don't their uniforms really look cool? They're going to lead us in specific prayer before we break up in groups of prayer. Specific prayer for specific things. We have the military represented. We have the press represented, the police department, the fire department. With the uh, National Guard is Greg Zanetti, who is a colonel. And uh, Colonel Zanetti has served with the National Guard for 22 years. Greg, you don't look that old. He's attended this fellowship for 14 years. Representing the media is Diane Velasco. For six years, she has served as a business reporter, the last two and a half years with the Journal Center. 
uh, Albuquerque Journal has attended this fellowship for seven years. Um, with the police department is Paul Martinez, who served Albuquerque Police Department for 19 years and has uh, been here at this fellowship for the last 10. When I said 19 years, he said, yeah, I don't look as old as you, do I, Skip? He told me that before the service. He's a police officer. He can be blunt. Just don't give me a ticket. And then with the fire department is Jerome Rael, who has served with uh, the fire department as a paramedic for the last 11 years and has been a part of this fellowship. It says 20 years, and I thought, 20 years? But then I recognized, Jerome, you were one of the first guys we met when we came here to town from California. So we welcome you all, and they're going to lead us in prayer. And I got a speeding ticket this morning. It's true. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we acknowledge you rule over all the kingdoms and nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Sir, you promised to plant Israel in its own land, never again to be uprooted. You also promised that we, as believers in Christ, are heirs together with Israel. Yet today, Lord, we face an enemy who invokes the name of God while killing innocents. We face a foe who equates bloodlust with holiness. We face an adversary who, after centuries of hatred, is so savage he can no longer build but only destroy. We now stand as believers in opposition to failed men from failed nations who seek not just our annihilation but also their own. Lord, they seem to us as the truly lost souls, the irredeemable. God, will you not judge them? For, Lord, despite our political, economic, technological, and military strength, we have not enough earthly power to face the vast army of hate that confronts us. The main battle is occurring at the spiritual level, well beyond our comprehension. Therefore, despite our bold pronouncements, we really do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So, Lord, we ask that you invoke the same words to us that you invoked to your people throughout the centuries when you said, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Lord, we give you thanks in advance for deliverance from the enemy. We thank you for keeping our soldiers, airmen, marines, and sailors, and their families safe. We thank you for the swift and total accomplishment of their missions, for your love endures forever. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd just uh, like to present some prayer requests from a per reporter's perspective as far as what the media uh, media representatives really need uh, at this point in our nation's history. I think, first of all, if uh, you all would pray with us uh, later about God giving reporters a heart to seek the truth and a willingness to dig deep to find it. And that requires a discernment to sort the truth from lies and propaganda, which is not always uh, easy to do when you have governments from all over the world, you know, throwing information at you. Um, it sometimes it takes a lot of discernment just to figure out 
what the truth really is. And that God would give reporters diligence in their work so that reporting will be accurate and that accurate information will give light to the complex situations that nations and their leaders face. Also, that God would use the religious undercurrents uh, of the war on terrorism to turn back the bias that there's been in the media against the people of faith um, so that they'd be more inclined to give people of faith a voice. I think that that's possible because national and international events um, are causing people, including people in the newsrooms around the country, to grapple with uh, trying to understand not only what's happening, but why it's happening. Suddenly, why are these ancient cultures uh, clashing with each other? Why are these ancient uh, countries suddenly so important? You see the news footage on Afghanistan. Doesn't it look like a page out of the Old Testament? I mean, the buildings, the way they dress, everything, it's the same. And, and what does all of this mean for the future? And I think that people who understand history, Bible history, Bible prophecy, can help to explain all of that, and uh, that maybe for the first time in a long time, the media will uh, give them a voice and will listen. So pray to that end. And uh, I appreciate I'm just going to say just a little prayer from my heart to the Lord for those of us who do work in the media and ask that you join me in that. Lord, for those of us in communications work, help us to be zealous for the truth and give us discerning spirits. We are your instruments. Although the media as a collective group is considered powerful, all power is ordained by you. Direct our influence for your purposes and let our work glorify you as we do it day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Hello. I consider it an honor to be here representing not only the Christian law enforcement officers of our community, but all the police officers who serve our society here. Um, I have three areas that I would like to ask you all to pray for. Uh, first of all, pray for the physical safety as well as the emotional safety of the police officers. Um, officers tend to, obviously you know about the physical danger, just dealing with the people we deal with, but officers tend to be, keep things to themselves. They always feel they have to be the strong one in the community, and they do but they don't share their feelings very well. They don't share them with their families. And over a period of time, this tends to cause a lot of problems for the officers. Second, pray for the families and the marriages of police officers. Um, being a police officer, you can ask any wife of a police officer. It's not necessarily, it's not always fun. It's not always easy with the varying shifts. And, uh, you know, officers communicate well in their job, but they don't tend to communicate very well at home. And a third, I would pray that, uh, that you would ask the Lord to encourage and embolden the Christian police officers to tell others about Jesus Christ. We as police officers have a very unique opportunity in that we deal with the down and out and the outcast on our society on a daily basis. And these are the exact same type of people that Jesus hung out with. So this presents us with a great opportunity to show the love of Christ with these folks. Um, and if, we, if the officers would just embolden themselves, the Christian officers, I think it would go a long way. Um, my prayer is going to be Psalm 71, verses 1 through 8. Um, it's the God, the rock of our salvation. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to my ear and save me. Be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. You have given the commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O God, out of the wicked hand, the hand of the wicked, for you are my hope. And you are my Lord. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. And you are who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. I have become a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. 
Let my mouth be filled with your, play, with your praise and with your glory all day long. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Jerome, and uh, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 18. And a couple of years later, I found a uh, gum-filled, popcorn-filled church called Calvary Chapel. And uh, I was hooked ever since. Uh, thank you, Skip, for your faithfulness to us. <clears throat> At the age of 29, I, I answered the call to become a firefighter and serve the community here in Albuquerque. Uh, since then, I've had the honor and the privilege of serving with uh, approximately 530 men and women who are very dedicated, who love their jobs, and um, who are honored to serve you as a community. The Lord has opened many doors for us since 911. I had the privilege of going to New York um, and experiencing Ground Zero, the aftermath, um, six months later. And it was still quite an experience and, and uh, overwhelmingly heavy on my heart uh, for those those that experienced uh, such tragedy. But the Lord has used that in a good way here and across the nation and across the world, as you know. And uh, he has opened many doors for us in our department since 911. I had the privilege of serving as a paramedic and also in the communications center where we answered 911 calls 24 hours a day. The outcry of the community um, it was not only for the emergencies that they were experiencing at the time, but also just an outcry from their souls for help. Many of the calls that we got were from lonely people, from hurting people. And uh, it was an eye-opener to me. And the Lord has laid it on our hearts that there's a great need in our community um, not only to serve as uh, emergency responders, but also to serve as, as Christian Christians in our community. And so what my prayer is for us today, and, and I would ask you to pray for us, God has opened doors for us. There are men who are calling out and crying out for help. We have programs in the department uh, that are good programs, but they, don't, they can only help so far. And there's a, there's a great outcry amongst the men for, for a greater uh, help for their families, for themselves. They're away from their families for 48 hours a day, and, and that can cause a lot of stress uh, at home as well in the work as in the workplace. Um, we formed a, a firefighters group uh, about three months ago called AFFF, Albuquerque Firefighters Fellowship, and since then we've seen approximately 34 new faces pass through uh, our meetings, and. Uh, we kind of figured that there was about 50 out of the 530 who were professing believers that we knew of. And uh, if there are others, we haven't found them yet, but we will. I would ask that you would pray that first for our chief and for our leaders. God has raised up many leaders who are brothers, who are moving up in the ranks, who have uh, much influence in the department. I would ask that you would pray for wisdom and for courage and strength, that they would take a stand for the Lord Jesus and to stand and be counted. I would ask you to pray for those whom God has chosen. Um, as we know, before the foundations of the world, he has chosen us. And there are many there who are uh, on the brink of a new life. Uh, 
God is opening doors left and right, and uh, the laborers are few and the harvest is plenty. So I would ask that you pray for more workers into the harvest um, and also for their safety. So let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this privilege and this honor, Lord, to come before you and before the congregation. I thank you, Father, for your love, and I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the great harvest, Lord, and the fruit that is coming from it, Lord. Lord, in the past we have tried and we have had some fruit. But Lord, I believe that for such a time as this, you have raised up men and women. You have brought us through winds of change, Lord, as a country, as a people, as a congregation, as a community. And Lord, change sometimes is hard. But Father, we we know that as a loving Father, you discipline us. And through that discipline, Father, brings change, brings fruit, that peaceful fruit of righteousness. Father God, help us not to harden our hearts as we hear your voice this day, that we would turn to you and that we would humble ourselves and that we would pray. And we would pray in faith, Father, knowing that we have what we ask for because it is your will that there be a harvest of souls. I ask, Father, that you would bless those who are in your service, bless those that are in this congregation, that you would expand their territory, extend their boundaries, Father, that we would be a light, a hope, and salt in this earth, Lord. Strengthen our feeble hands, Father, and forgive us of our sins, sins of our nation, and the sins of our own personal lives, Father. Cleanse us and Lead us in the way, Father, of everlasting life. We love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. My friend Jimmy O'Keefe is a pastor in the Washington, D.C. area. We have a video of him. He's at the steps of the Capitol in Washington, and he's going to lead us in prayer as well. Hi, I'm Jim O'Keefe, pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship of Reston, Virginia, up here on Capitol Hill. September 11th uh, was a day that uh, will go down in history as uh, perhaps the most difficult day that this country uh, has known. And uh, certainly since that time, uh, many have been seeking God in behalf of our country. And I'm going to ask that you join me as we pray now. Uh, for our country, as we pray for our president and our country's leaders, and as we pray also for the church, that it would begin with us, that we would seek the face of God in brokenness, in humility, and in repentance. And as God promised Solomon, that when he would hear the prayer of his people, the humble prayer of his people, as they would repent, as they would turn from their sin and their wicked ways, that he would hear from heaven, that he'd forgive their sin, and that he'd heal their land. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege it is of knowing you. And Lord, for me personally, I thank you for the privilege it is to minister in this great city.
And Lord, I just would ask, in agreement with my brothers and sisters, that your hand would be upon the United States of America. Lord, that you would move upon the hearts of the people. That they would find themselves considering why it is that we have become, indeed, the greatest country in the entire world. And that we'd realize, Lord, it's occurred in such a short period of time because we were, at our very beginnings and foundations, a people that were seeking after God. We were, indeed, one nation under God, but not a God of ambiguity, but the Lord of heaven, the King of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, and His Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we desire that you would move in the hearts of men to turn them back to you. Lord, and we pray for our leaders, that you would visit them, Lord, and that you would convict them of their sin and of their need for you, Lord, to repent and to turn back to you. Lord, that you would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lord, we pray for the church that your hand would be upon each and every one of us as true believers. Lord, and that we would be those lights that would shine out into the darkness around us, that we would be striving to live as salt and light in a dark and rotting world. Lord, that we'd be seizing every opportunity we have to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that so desperately needs to hear it. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by Him. And so, Lord, be with me and with our fellowship here in the D.C. area. Be with Skip and the brothers and sisters there at Calvary Albuquerque. Lord, may we have an impact upon our community, upon our nation, and, Lord, as you should tarry upon the whole earth. Lord, we ask these things humbly, and we ask them by faith, and in Jesus' name, amen. Well, from Jerusalem to Washington to Albuquerque. Now, for the next few minutes, we're going to pray together in small groups. Very simple. Talk to God. No fancy words. Just pour out your heart. Make your wish, your desires known. Pray for the president, vice president, cabinet, both houses. Pray for local government, city government. Pray for governor. Pray for uh, those in leadership in our city and the fire department as the representatives have been up here. Pray for your family. Pray for yourself. Nothing wrong with that as well. But just take a few minutes. Small groups are better than groups of 20 or 30. Uh, groups of four, five, six are best so that everybody can pray. Don't hog the time. There's not much time left. And just uh, pour out your heart to the Lord. We'll pray together. 